your music? Yes. You recorded it? Well, who recorded it? Somebody did. Garage band. <laughs> oh, it's a garage band loop. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to the oh, Worship well. Ministry Catalyst podcast. The Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always wanted to be that Micro Machines guy. Wouldn't uh, that be cool to be able to talk that the fast? The dude that had the Guinness World Book of Records for... Like most talking. words in a minute or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for... <laughs> You can do it. You can say it. All I right. can't do it anymore. It's forever tainted by the last week. Yeah, that was pretty funny. That's when you laughed for 45 seconds. <laughs> yeah, Scott, Scott yeah. was the one talking about that. You, you actually introduced the show at 51 seconds, uh, which actually made me want to keep listening. So you're good to go. All right. I think it's funny. All right. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members helping facilitate worship ministry in a local church. My That's- name's David. I'm Kevin, and I am, we have... My name is Scott. <laughs> Scott. Scotty. We're glad that Scott's here. Yes, we are. He's he's a friend of mine. I traveled interstate to be here. Yes, interstate <laughs> 84. Or I five, came about six miles. 205. Uh, but I drove 30 miles to get six miles because there's only one bridge. Yeah, I have to do that every single day for work. Wouldn't it be great if you had a boat? Yeah. Or like a ferry? Or when, like a helicopter? Or if you could just fly like an eagle, remember that? Yeah. the eagle. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. Didn't we, we did. You know, um, oh. we uh, we often start our shows out with um, <laughs> our episodes. We we start our our uh, shows out with something uh, something funny, a little witty banter. Yeah, some anecdote or some other similar uh, note of of uh, wittiness. We last week last week's episode we talked about the. Um, awkward moments that we both had i was thinking scott since you're here and i know how much you love you too uh about three weeks ago i was talking about uh i was talking about you too and i actually mentioned you mm. and you know i gotta say i gotta say now publicly in front of everyone i said it then but i'm gonna say in front of you now how sorry i am for if i ever made fun of you too because i really respect them now and uh i i have a lot of uh i have a lot of enjoyment I know you sure do. Well, the thing with you too is all worship leaders hate you too. <laughs> I don't, uh, except for Dave and Kevin and yeah. myself, <laughs> uh, of course. <laughs> worship leaders tend to hate you too because they're the uh, they're a band that's been extremely influential on worship style, and sure. people feel bad about that. And uh, really, I, in my experience of talking to other worship leaders, you know, like. I, I actually hesitate to mention that I am a U2 fan. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry no, no, no. It's, it no, Cats I'm not, I'm not embarrassed. I just don't want to, I don't want to discuss it because, you know, people are like, oh, U2, they're hyper pop group, huge, no, huge, no, what, huge. About, what about Coldplay? Because two weeks ago I mentioned that um, I really, because we were talking about mainstream music and we were talking about how, you know, what what's the balance of Christians listening to, uh, you know, pop music and, or even using that as an influence and we were kind of talking about david was talking about how he you know loves you two and he actually uses their influence in his music i was talking about chris martin from coldplay was a huge influence in my style of playing and uh what do you what do you feel about coldplay and their influence are you into them uh their record new record's been out for what five days yeah and they sold like five hundred thousand units yeah it's a good record 
Uh, Coldplay is the next uh, really big worship <laughs> influence style influence, which they've obviously created a style of piano rock that works really well and and is. is and and for some, for someone like me who you know for a long time really struggled with finding a good rock sound on a piano, I really embraced what uh, was Chris. You know, he almost like inspired me or gave me hope that like piano players can rock out. You know. Which was really good for me. I'm going to ask a controversial question. Uh, Does Coldplay sound like U2? Does Coldplay sound like U2? Yeah. I, you know, Coldplay is pretty dark, and uh, I think they're more melodic than U2 in in melody. Anyway, I don't know. I think they they would say they've been influenced. Okay, so my senior pastor downloaded that album as soon as it came out, like at midnight. I uh-huh. bought I bought it the day it came out. And he's been playing it fairly loud every day since. <laughs> yeah. I know the album, I still haven't bought it. <laughs> Dave was like, I know the whole thing and I've never even yeah. I thought I thought it was incredible. I personally really like it. You know. Well, and listening to it down the hall, you, you hear... <laughs> well, there's natural hall reverberation, yeah. which adds or, adds or takes away. To it. Yeah. That's but, cool. they, but they do... One of the things that I, I do agree with him on is there's, they do have tons of variety on that album. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't just stick to one genre, really. They, they really branch out and do lots of creative stuff, which is super cool. Viva la vida. And the next album will be mostly sitar-based, I'm sure, <laughs> which will suck. <laughs> but for now, I really dig their songwriting, for sure. And Chris yeah. Martin is a... Uh, well, yeah, and it's great for us keyboard dude. players out there to have an influence that's exactly. keyboard. Because that, for so long there wasn't. There was nobody except for Michael W. Smith, and you can't really count him. <laughs> he doesn't even count. <laughs> yeah, I agree. He, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I agree with everything. But, um, okay, so enough on Coldplay, enough on U2. Is this the podcast where you guys just, like, mock bands and stuff? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, this this actually is a serious podcast. Oh, good. Oh, and that's why we. Do brought you want to mock some more bands? No, the thing is, you know, every everybody goes through their their time of mocking everybody, which part of that's because we suck and they don't. Oh yeah. Part of that's because it's just all, <laughs> it's pure jealousy on my part. Part part of that's because, well, yeah, there are lots of reasons. Anyway, I'm I'm in a in a time of life where I'm just trying hard to. Well, I I honestly am moved by a lot of music, and I'm I'm ready to just say that you know like. I don't hate anybody because they're popular. Well, I do initially. I hate, <laughs> hate them passionately at first. Why do they have success? Once you get past it. <laughs> Their success should be my own. So, okay, so enough on that because there's actually a lot of things we want to talk about. We, we, have, uh, we have Scott in here. Um, I've known Scott for a long, long time. If you, if you listened to last week's episode, you heard that Scott came in kind of the, during the last half of our uh, of our discussion on hymns and um, and worship courses within today's modern music, and that was kind of a, a fun discussion. Thank you for being with us there. Absolutely. And uh, and he's back with us. It's on funny that you were talking though about wanting to be like other bands and like being jealous and stuff like that because that's actually how I got to know you. Just because I like I wanted to hang out with the cool guys that were <laughs> oh in Forgiven Much. Oh right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So like that's ridiculous. Yeah. So. <laughs> So and and we should give a little bit of background since Scott's here. Um, uh, for those of you who've been listening to our podcast, you know David and I we met at Multnomah Bible College 
in Portland, Oregon. Soon to be Multnomah Bible University. Yeah, actually, no Bible, just Multnomah University. Yeah. In about seven days. Oh, be they're dropping the, the Bible. On, they're not yeah, even going to no, teach Bible anymore. Yeah, no. Well, no, they're teaching Bible. <laughs> it just it just won't be. Uh, it won't geez, be in sorry, there. That's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother discussion. Talk to Dan Lockwood about that. So, anyway, so we David and I met at Multnomah. And that's actually where I, I first met Scott. Uh, I went there my my freshman year in 2000 and met Scott the following spring. Uh, I got involved in a, a worship, a chapel worship band, and that chapel worship band soon kind of um, became uh, bigger than that, and we started branching out. We recorded a couple CDs. Forgiven Much was our name. Scott was the electric guitarist. I did the piano and B3 and such and this guy wails on the hammond oh he's one of the few guys that that actually knows how to play the instrument especially white guys yeah Yeah. true yeah Uh, there aren't a lot of really good white b3 players i wouldn't put myself in that category but thank you for the compliment although the guy at nathan and harmony's church uh can really wail oh really too yeah good Mm. yeah so so we were in the band uh forgiven much was around for three or four years officially and we did a lot of stuff. Um, you know, since that time, forgive much, uh, the members have gone separate ways. I'm a worship leader now. Scott's a worship leader. John uh, Ross, who used to lead the group, is a worship leader. And, and of course... I'm a worship leader. And, of course, David's a worship leader. Leave me out. <laughs> yeah, but... Pick me last. That's no, okay. Sorry, I wasn't, trying, I wasn't trying to pick on you, man. I'm just... So, so David uh, was fun. actually in one of the um, chapel worship bands, too, uh, Out of Nothing... Ex-Milos. Yeah, O2M. And uh, what we led worship Monday Chapel, and you led worship Thursday Chapel, right? Lockwood Chapel. Lockwood Chapel. You know, that I, I've, I've thought about that season quite a bit, and that, that really was a sweet uh, season of student life at the school. And yeah. part of that was because of the worship life of the student body, you know? Like, I agree. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when you're at college, Bible college, there's a... Uh, there's a confusion between what is church and what is not church and and it wasn't church like it wasn't a it wasn't a church it was a school uh but it was a cool time like i re- i just remember like nowadays uh at Multnomah even it's hard to get the worship leaders to even show up to chapel unless they're <laughs> leading worship and i just remember that whole season like the the whole music department the the worship leaders like they were the they were in the front row, worshiping Jesus with each with the golden you know, days. With, it was great. Yeah. It, like, it, was, it really was. It was. It was. I think a really uh, a really very sweet time because you had you had some really serious people uh, who were very serious about worship. David, um, you know, John and and us and and the group. Uh, even Jeremy Ross, who is a part of that. For he a, even loves the Lord. He, he, he even Ross, does. <laughs> J- Jeremy Ross, FYI, used to lead worship at the he church. Used to sit in this very chair. Where David now leads worship. Yes. So uh, kind of a small world. So it, it's it's really cool. You know, here we are now, um, five, six years later since we've been at Multnomah, and we're all sitting in this room together talking about worship, and it's really cool. Crazy. Uh, it, it is cool Shoot. to be with peers. That's great. And uh, to be with friends. So, anyway, so that's the background. Scott is with us today, and uh, Scott, you are. Why don't you introduce where your uh, ministry is at, what you do, that kind of thing? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm the worship pastor at a church called Corum Deo Fellowship, and we're in Gresham, Oregon, which is just east of Portland. 
Uh, we're four years old, uh, church plant. Um, I would say we're not a church plant anymore. We're fully functioning uh, church for sure. Um, we, we're on, uh, our church is a little different than your average church, not in, uh, you know, our theology is, uh, is solid. And I guess you'd, you'd compare us to a, a Baptist church or, or I mean, well, you, you actually, you came from the conservative Baptist movement, right? Isn't that how it started? Uh, no, no, but we, uh, we were funded by CB uh, Northwest. Yeah. The conservative Baptist Northwest, uh, which started a movement, uh, for church plants, uh, that really was really great assistance to yeah. us, and uh, so yeah, we're not we're not part of a denomination. Uh, we're theologically conservative, um, but we're o- we're on a mission. And the reason our church started uh, is basically, uh, look, it, it has a lot to do with culture, current culture, and uh, yeah, we're on mission to to provide a a real church environment for. Uh, young people, and there are many reasons for that. I'll just hit on the main one. Uh, we want to... Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, man. Well, it's, it's really cool because that's something that's really missing. I mean, there that's a huge hole. The I easiest think. way to explain it, uh, m- our, our head pastor, Jeff, Jeff Olson, he's the he's the planning pastor at Coram Deo. He was at a big mega church uh, running a college group that was successful, um, had tons of students it was a great it was a great deal the church is a great church uh there's nothing wrong with with the setup uh but he really he was watching his students come through uh his college group um and when they got too old to be in college group they were leaving the church in general just gone well yeah they come out they come through and serve jesus love jesus uh grow uh and then when when they weren't allowed to be in the group because of their age anymore disappeared. Uh, they would walk. So instead of graduating from church when they graduate from high school, they graduated from church when they, they graduated from college. They didn't graduate. <laughs> they didn't graduate into church. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to... happens a lot in a lot of churches. When, when kids graduate from high school, they graduate from church. Sure, right. sure. So. And, and really, the, the reasons for that are cultural. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jeff is looking at these students, great, great kids. They're not walking away from Jesus. They're walking away from... They're saying... I don't want to join big church. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Big church. We still call it big church? Yeah, yeah. we big do. Yeah. I don't want the story to get long. So, <laughs> I, uh, But he just saw this big need uh, that young people uh, needed a church that would make sense to them. And I know tons of churches have started based on that exact same problem. Uh, uh, but Jeff, Jeff really wanted to start something like that in East, in East County. And I think what's cool is the fact that Jeff saw that need and, you know, you guys got together and, and met and collaborated and decided that, you know, you and your wife decided that was something you were going to be a part of. What to me is really awesome is that not only did Jeff and, and you see a need in kind of East Multnomah County, uh, which is that East Portland area, but you're meeting that need. And your church now, I mean, it, it's absolutely awesome. I mean, what what do you – you in four years, you've gone from having – a handful of you know twenty uh, some year old you know kids to now you have several hundred people who show up every single Sunday night, uh, and you you said what seventy percent of them are between the ages of eighteen and thirty. Yeah, well, the 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 philosophy behind really targeting eighteen to thirty really isn't cultural. It's really a uh, it's really about age, and and it's simply when when students come out of high school. 
um, they're faced with what they're going to live for. You know, are you going to get a career, live for the American dream? Are you going to follow Jesus and do that? Are you going to become a missionary? How how will the rest of your life play out? So we want to hit kids uh, on the front side of their big life decisions. Like that's just the passion of the thing. That's cool. So it's not that we don't value older people. It's not that, uh, and we and we do have a lot of older people and. Uh, our our age is fairly diverse. Mm-hmm. However, our target and will and it will remain our target until we're told otherwise. <laughs> um, we want to hit students on the front side of their life, big life decisions, uh, and convince them that living for the glory of God is the only thing worth living for. Awesome. And tell them what that should look like. Yeah. So that's really what our church is about, and that really decides a bunch of things for how we roll. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, so then your worship ministry is completely driven by that philosophy. Right. You don't have a completely separate philosophy for your worship ministry. Correct. Like some churches. Yet our, our worship ministry is not, uh, you know, a lot of young uh, setups, the, the philosophy of ministry is really about drawing kids with cool music. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not really ever once uh, come across my mind. <laughs> that's I mean, great. Uh, we're, not, we're not drawing students with with cool music like this is a real church and we are uh in fact jeff's preaching probably draws way more people than our music uh but we're not we're not out to put on a show or impress anyone um we're out to grow people up um to see people come to jesus and then uh, and obviously coming to jesus if you're going to come to jesus are you going to are you going to give your life away for the glory of god or not and uh, we're really based on that that entire situation. So, so uh, there there's probably uh, there's probably a number of people listening who, you know, like that that idea of having you know having a, a really target focused age group appeals to them. Uh, my question, I'm wondering how how does your worship ministry uh, correlate with with that target group? What have you done? Because you, you personally have shared with me a few things that you decided to do with the worship ministry. You know, as the worship pastor, some decisions you've made with Jeff, with the elders and the leaders. Can you talk a little bit about what that looks like? Because it is a little unique what you've decided to do as a church. Yeah. Well, if you walk in to Coram Deo on any given—we meet on Sunday nights. And the reason we meet on Sunday nights, partially because uh, we meet in another church's building— uh, but more so, we're, we're realizing it makes more sense for this age group, for the people who are like me, yeah. to do church on Sunday night. Right. or it's 18 an, and 30-year-olds yeah. want to, uh, they, they don't want to get up super early. <laughs> right. Well, it's just reality, you know. And, it, you know, a lot of churches will start a Saturday night thing or a Sunday night thing, and they kind of snuck up on us. We just realized... When we moved from Sunday mornings to Sunday nights, our church just came alive, <laughs> and we realized, man, these people were sleepy. You yeah. know, like that's <laughs> they, that's that's sort just, of fair. They you were know, just like, tired. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> and just uh, drag themselves out of bed. And then yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we meet on Sunday nights. So you walk into Quorum Day on a Sunday night. Um, your average night, you're going to see the same band on the stage every single night. So, uh, my so how do you get there? How do I get there? Yeah. To Coram Deo? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's easy. What you do is you take 205 <laughs> out to... 84 East. Yeah. No, right what do you mean? by my house, actually. Literal man. What do you mean? Um, no, how do you... I mean, how do you get there to where you have the same band? Oh, is that a goal? <laughs> is it? Um, no. Oh, okay. No, it's not. Um, 
So you didn't set out saying I'm going to have one band that plays every week for the rest of my life. No, that's uh, not the, the way we the way that we got to where we are and uh, we're we're headed towards uh, really values and our mission. So, and I'll explain that here here as we go. But um, if you walk into Cormdale, I'm going to be leading worship most nights, and we have the same band. We have we have a lot of musicians in our church, and not a ton of them are involved in our music, which is the weirdest thing. For most people, and that, that's a con- controversial, uh, controversial, right? Because you go, you understand, Scott, that myself, David, and probably most people listening, you know, they hear that and they say, "Well, why don't you plug those people into why ministry?" Don't you include everyone. Yeah, well, why? You know, how don't come, you have a responsibility? Yeah, don't you have a responsibility to to take people who want to serve Jesus because they they sang once in choir in high school and let them sing on the worship team? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the average situation for sure, you yeah. know, like, um, and part of the deal, you know, like, as as we've come through the worship war, which everyone knows what that is, right, you know, yeah. the uh, 80s and 90s, um, churches contemporized, um, when I was, when I was getting, when I was coming out of high school and starting to look at doing ministry for real, you know, like, I'm going to actually be a minister now, not just a, a student that involved in the group or... Um, I realized uh, my church was looking to me as a young musician to help them become relevant, you know? And th- all through all through uh, the mid-90s and into this decade, um, I would say, as I look around, and I've been to a bunch of churches, you know, our, our band traveled around for four years yeah. and we probably we visited a hundred churches we yeah well and um, it's funny because i still run into people uh who you know pastors and youth pastors hey i remember when you came to our church in medford or wherever i'm like are you kidding me that was like forever ago oh, was that some sort of highlight or yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the glory days of forgiving are they still right? recovering they're still recovering but as i assess you know the the worship ministries i've been a part of the ones i've seen um your average worship leader, the goal is, can we put together something that will, that will be relevant, that won't suck musically, and that will help our church to grow? And, and there was a time uh, where, we were, where we were contemporizing uh, church tradition and becoming relevant, I mean, the North American church in general. And I'm not against that. Um, I definitely was a part of that. So was everyone else involved in the conservative church. Um, but still, I think today, the goal for most worship leaders is, can we please put on something that doesn't suck? <laughs> you know? Like, musically, like, our goal is to do something uh, that is decent. And I just don't see that as a very high goal, honestly, when we are, you know, we're ministers before God. Um, now, my, my focus is... is is no longer on that. Like the answer to the question is, we can definitely do something that doesn't suck um, if we're careful, and <laughs> um, if we do it very careful. That's the first answer to the question. And then, um, what is our goal going to be? You know, like, uh, and that's where our big life decisions and targeting eighteen to thirty year olds. Um, our goal and our mission at Corumbeo is is extremely clear. And that is, we want we want people to give their lives away for the glory of God because it's the only thing in all the world worth giving your life away for, or giving anything away for, honestly. So, um, 
So suddenly my mission as a worship leader um, is much more in line with the vision and mission of the church. There's no, there's no departmentalization in our church where we got the worship department, the missions department. There's one department, and it's, it's really the worship department. Like that uh, Jeff, who is our preaching pastor, is the head of the worship department. Yeah. <laughs> and we are taking our, our people, and we are training them. We are pleading with them. And we are giving them all the resources they need to give their lives away for the glory of God. And that's our goal. That's so, very cool. So suddenly, um, my mind's no longer on... Uh, and, and part of this is that God's given me some really great resources. Mm-hmm. And I know that a lot of worship leaders don't have the resources that I have. Uh, that's fine. A lot of people are, are... A lot of worship leaders have come into a church where... You know, like Kevin. Kevin's come into a Baptist church in suburbia... Uh, that has a rich and long tradition behind it, right. and they're making moves as they as they can and as they see fit to be yeah, culturally there, there's, relevant. There's history, there's tradition, there's all that stuff in it. For sure. And you have a job description that you have to follow, right. and the elders and the, the staff have decided a bunch of that stuff for you. Uh, and I realize that's the average situation, you mm-hmm. know. Not everyone is just free to go for it, you know. It, so is that your situation? You're free to do whatever you want? Uh, I, I'm actually an elder in our church. See, uh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, well. When did that happen? But you're not very old. I'm not very old. <laughs> I'm 31 years old. And really, uh, especially when I first uh, came on the elder board at our church, that was actually sort of daunting to me. I'm like, I'm 30, I'm 30 years old and I'm an elder. <laughs> uh, I'm doing the job of an elder, yet my age isn't very elderish. Uh, yet, uh, I'm qualified to be an elder. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm part of what's driving the mission of this church, and uh, it makes sense. And that's cool. And we would love to, um, as we go, our elder board will get thicker and thicker with uh, guys with lots of experience, godly men who can lead, who can teach, uh, who are just obviously studs. And uh, that's what we want more than anything: um, spiritual studs, spiritual studs, spiritually oh, and, awesome, and manly studs. You know, like oh, we, yeah. want, <laughs> we want our uh, our men to be able to pound somebody in the back with a slaughter ball you know (laughs) we had a dodgeball game last night at our church which was very cool (laughs) all all of our elders are required to uh to to rule at dodgeball to participate (laughs) every elder must be good at dodgeball it's one of the biblical requirements so so um so you you uh are an elder there and you for the most part have the freedom to do these things because you're helping lead and and drive the the vision of the church sure well you can look at it like i have freedom or there's no one bossing me so i you know yeah that's true uh but more than that i get to i mean as a shepherd of these people um i get to decide with the other elders at our church uh how in the world we're going to grow up our people and how we're going to what our our target is going to be before god and biblically uh, what we're going to do. So um, part of starting a, a new church, of being a church plant, of targeting young people, is I don't have to mess with the argument of tradition. Um, I I have great respect for church tradition. Uh, I love hymns. 
We do tons of hymns, not because we're required to or because we're trying to make some people happy, but because they're great songs. And we talked about that last week's episode. So for further information on that, check out last week's episode. It's true. Yes. Do check out last week's <laughs> episode. <laughs> do check it. Not right now. No. Keep you, listening. You already downloaded it. Finish yes. this one. <laughs> Finish this one. Then go back. Sure. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, I guess... You know, I have a ton of freedom, and I'm extremely thankful for that. Like, yeah, I, I don't want to, honestly, on a personal level, I don't want to chisel concrete for the rest of my life and help people move uh, towards something good. You know, like what I want is to to be able to mold the willing um, to help people come to Christ, and then teach them what to do and uh, how to honor God, how to glorify God with their whole lives, and to become people of worship. So the worship uh, ministry mission of our church is the same as the overall uh, mission of our church. And that is bring the love of God and the truth of the gospel to a whole bunch of people and then help them live for his glory in a real way. That's very cool. So that's not actually our statement. But it sounded like a statement, didn't it? <laughs> it did. Yeah. yeah. In a real way. <laughs> do you have a statement? Yeah, we do. Do I'm you not, know it? Yeah. Anyway, it was that was a paraphrase of it, <laughs> but that sounded like one, didn't it? Did, it? Yeah, it, it was. Pretty I should cool. write those and sell them on the internet. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, if you need a statement, call Scott at yeah, yeah or take that one. It's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's biblically uh, sound. It's a free statement online. Yeah, sure. So, so my worship ministry gets to be yes. on mission with absolutely zero opposition, uh, and it helps on uh, on musical level to not come across opposi- uh, opposition either. You know, I've, I've been leading worship at Quorum Dea for three years, and never one time have I, never once have I had anyone ask me to turn it down or complain about the volume. And we have a rock band. We put yeah. eight microphones on the drum kit. And they rock, they rock pretty hard, too. It I've, shakes. I've been there. The, the church that we're at um, called me out one day, and was like, hey... I think that the vibration from your church has ruined our phone system. <laughs> and we were wondering if you could if you could take a, a look at it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I doubt that was us. Yeah. <laughs> ceiling but, tiles falling from the ceiling might be yeah. attributed to that. But yeah, we're So so you let, let's go back to what, what you're talking about. You have one you have one worship band and they're the same ones that play what do yeah, you let's do? get back into the controversy. Yeah, here. let's go back into the controversy because this, this is actually a really hot topic. When when you came over to my house that one night, we were having dinner and everything. Oh, right after you were making fun of Charlie Hall. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the last last episode, we explained that. We no, were... I don't. I don't hate Charlie Hall. I just think some of his songs are weird. I'm anyway, just joking, man. so uh, <laughs> the so what we were talking about at my house dinner that one night is is that idea. That you have people in your church who you know who sing and they play and I, I mean you basically say well no we're gonna stick with this band right now because we we want to rock you know and and I remember first hearing that thinking man that's really really different because that is harsh well and I kind of felt that I mean I totally respect you and I, I knew I knew that there was you know a lot of um, value to what what you were saying. And the more I've thought about it, the more I've kind of, you know, the more I kind of thought, well, that's really cool, having the freedom to do that, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, that first initial, you know, when you hear it, you're like, what in the world? What kind of a worship leader is he? You know, can you talk about, <laughs> can you talk about that? Talk, what, 
what compelled you to do that? What compels you to and be how, like that? And how do you get away with it <laughs> without, fool. without people hating you? What oh. kind of worship leader are you? Yeah. People hate me secretly, man. They're, yeah. they're afraid of me because I'm so tall. It's not a secret. And my eyes are all sunk <laughs> back in my head. Yeah, and, and, and you got that fiery red hair daunting. and everything. You know, yeah. you're very, very intimidating. And I carry a handgun, you know. Of course. Uh, well, here's the situation. Um, we want our music at our church to be uh, effectively compelling. Uh, we want the response to the word, to the gospel, to be uh, an experience, and we're really not joking about that. So, uh, and we're not we're not out to uh, to stir people's emotions up falsely or create any sort of false emotion. What we want is for people to be genuinely stirred by the word. Um, and then have an outlet to respond, and um, I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to step into the way of the effectiveness of that whole process. Mm. Um, so my job, um, as many people as it makes ma- mad, um, <laughs> is to make sure that we don't mess around on Sunday nights and our music rocks. Um, it's thick theologically, um, it's pointed thematically to be. Uh, a response to the gospel, to be a response to the word. Um, it's a thick night at Coram Deo, and uh, Jeff preaches for a long time. We go against all the statistics about attention spans, um, and our people eat it up. Wow. Uh, and they're, and we, we've created a church that isn't messing around when it comes to, are we going to make moves for the glory of God? And the answer is yes. Um, if you're not a will, if you're not willing, if you're not soft to the Holy Spirit. I don't know how you can stay at our church very long. Uh, and we can get into the... So it's for, it's for serious people, right? Well, it creates serious pe- people. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's for the sinner. Uh, it's for uh, people who don't know Jesus uh, very much so. We're not seeker-sensitive in that we're not, we're not out to lure people in and entertain them and then hope Bait they... Re- switch. Or, or just hope they respond yeah. to the gospel. Um, that's not, we're not good at it. In fact, nobody's good at that. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think what you're saying though, is something that we can all agree to. I think that we all want to do music that is the best quality possible, that, that we put our, put everything we, that we have into that music. And I think, I know we all agree in this room right, right. and it's, and it's not just to have high quality music and it's not just to do something that's going to attract people, but we, we don't want to get in the way of what God wants to do. We don't want to mess it up. Absolutely. And so, so we're going to do our absolute best. We're going to put our put our our game face on. We're going to put everything out there. We're going to leave it all out there on the stage and do everything we can to make sure that we don't get in the way of somebody accepting Christ, of somebody connecting with God, of somebody taking another step in the right direction to becoming closer to God. Mm-hmm. R- real quick, because we're running out of time here, have you ever had anyone get mad at you that like they wanted to be on the worship team and you said no? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. What do you do with that? Like, um, that? That's my biggest question. What do you do with the person who sang, uh, who sang for a semester in high school choir and they think that they can sing and they say, Scott, my gift is singing and I want to sing on your worship team. And you say no. Yeah. Uh, my answer, um, doesn't normally happen in a, why can't I, uh, my, basically when people say, Hey, I want to sing on the worship team. And I'm pretty sure that's what I'm all about. My answer is, um, we don't have a worship team, um, which is true. We don't have a worship team. You have a band. We have a uh, 
we have a worship ministry, uh, but it's really carefully put together. So uh, at our church, um, you know, um, in most worship teams, you, you collect people who are musicians or say they're musicians. You see if it's going to work. You put them on the schedule. You get them going. Uh, and and then you you run your schedule. You cycle people through. You do your best and, and try to make the best music you can. You mix people down that you don't want out in the house very, <laughs> very much. We talked about that. We did uh, talk about yeah. that. Um, I'm not interested in that at all. Um, and so the, the real problem comes when someone is seriously gifted and I'm not interested. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I don't want to... Um, I you know there are, I have a plethora of altos that want to sing, and right now there are no altos singing in our church, none. And I've got eight of them in that just wish, wish with all their heart. They so were so what band. do you tell them? I say we don't have a worship team. <laughs> um, that's not what we're doing. And, um, and they're okay and, with it, or do they get mad? Well, you got to understand the philosophy behind it. Uh, our music is, uh, and and that's this is a different conversation. Like, um, the musical style that we've chosen, what we're doing, uh, I guess you could say it's culturally relevant. But more, it's it's about you know if if I'm gonna listen to something that's gonna move me, um, you were making fun of the Gaithers earlier, which is fine. <laughs> uh, I don't hate the Gaithers. Uh, I don't listen to the Gaithers. Is the thing. Um, nor do I listen to any music where there are six chicks lined up across the front <laughs> of the stage singing uh, various harmonies and and duping the melody, and either does anyone else. So here's the situation. like, Are we going to create uh, worship teams, uh, and are we going to create a worship ministry that includes everyone who feels like being involved Give them a microphone because that's what they want. Or are we going to be on mission? And in your mission may vary from mine, obviously. Mm-hmm. And here's the deal. At Coram Deo, the worship team is not a place to get mentored and to grow. The worship team is um, sits next to the pulpit. And we're not joking around at all about what happens from the stage. Um, and I'm going to build a second band next I'm not going to, there's never going to be a cycle through worship team. That's not going to work for me, just simply, par- partially because I don't want to run it. I don't want to, um, I don't want to listen to the product of it. Um, because when you don't play together all the time, you're going to, you're, you're just doing your best, which mm-hmm. is fine. I'm not saying you, you can't do that. I'm saying I am not doing that and I won't apologize for it. Mm. And it's simply because I'm on mission uh, to do what we are doing and, and I do, you know, a girl looked me in the eye the uh, last Tuesday night. She said, and she she's been doing ministry. She came through Bible school, did uh, she did uh, her whole major was music. Her practicum was music. She led a worship band. Uh, she looked me in the eye and she's like, "Man, I sure miss being on the stage. I miss singing." I'm, and then she's like, "I'm losing my range." And I, and I'm like and you're responsible and I'm well, <laughs> she's at a church where she's not allowed to be on the worship team, mm-hmm. and I looked her back in the eye and I said, uh, you know, like for me as a musician, there's no way I can't have a musical outlet. You need to get one, 
And uh, that's a rough conversation. And hmm. uh, yet this particular woman isn't going anywhere. She's growing like she's never grown. Um, it's sad. Uh, she wants to be... You know, when you when you have a rocking band, who doesn't want to be in it? Everyone right. wants to be in it, even yeah. if they're not musicians. You know, like yeah. I want to play cowbell. <laughs> yeah, I guess you know. Uh, but I, uh, the thing is, we have to create a place in our church, and we have to create a church where people will grow. They'll get mentored. They'll get. Uh, they'll they'll learn the scriptures and become uh, all about the glory of God. Um, but we're not going to do that as a secondary mission of the worship team, mm. which I know that that's that actually works. It's not like that doesn't work. I'm saying that's not what we're doing, uh, and uh, yeah, it does make waves for sure, especially wow. with the altos. They don't, they don't <laughs> the altos. Well, there well, you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, those are those are some pretty radical ideas. I think I think different than anything I've had, different than what David has, and for sure different than what people uh, listening may have experienced, but. Thank you for sharing. I think uh, I know for at least me, when you first shared that with me, uh, really, really kind of opened my eyes to what I'm doing as a worship leader. And hopefully for the listeners um, who are, are listening to this, they can maybe get uh, get some good stuff out of that. Thank you for sharing that, Scott. And thank you for joining us. We are out of time for this episode, but come back next week because Scott's going to be here with us again. Who knows what we'll be talking about. You never, know what, you never know what Scott's. Could be nothing. We're going to be continuing to not cuss <laughs> right here on the Worship Catalyst. That's right. Okay, well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can get in touch with us online at www.worshipministrycatalyst.com, C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T.com. <laughs> or you can email Kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com or David at worshipministrycatalyst.com. We hope to hear from you soon. We'll see you next time. All right, bye. Bye.